0: Okay, it is May 5th. This is episode number 31 of the NBA show! we got a great show for you today. China's taking over the world. India is hoping the world is going to take over it. And we'll talk about why you should limit your number to five, and we'll talk about what that means. The summer split internship. Everybody's doing it. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. And our headline today, India invites colonization. Well, that's a nice refreshing change. <laughs> so India has passed the foreign universities bill, allowing for the first time foreign universities to start granting degrees on Indian soil. Uh, when asked for comment, the dean of uh, Wharton University said, ka <laughs> I think we're basically looking at a land rush here, don't you? Uh, you know, Wharton's, they've got got their outpost in San Francisco and there is no chance that they are going to pass up the opportunity to open that satellite (laughs) campus. My money says Wharton is going to be the first school with boots on the ground here. Oh no, 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 no. My ticket right after I'm done here, I'm going to India, Tom. Oh, what are we going to do without you on the show? Don't worry, like most American entrepreneurs interested in India, I have no experience, I know nothing about the culture, and I know no one who works there ever, I should be out of business within a week. (laughs) Right, you know, because of the brand issue. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think it basically makes sense to open a school in India if you can charge premium American prices but not if you're gonna be an American going over there to open a school at India prices. And on top of that, I think the Indian business schools, they're gonna be—they're going to run all of the competitors out of business. But within a decade, top world talent is gonna be going to Indian-based business schools. No, no, they don't need MBAs, they need basic managers. That's what an MBA does. I, I think we can basically agree that American MBAs are places where you go to get elite jobs like banking jobs, consulting jobs, trading jobs. So you're saying that an American MBA doesn't actually prepare you to do anything? No, no, it, it does. It teaches you the greatest American trick in the world, using other people's money to make more money. Dude, this is why your next boss is going to be Skyping you from Bangalore to, uh, to tell you what to do. Well, we'll see when that comes. <laughs> we'll see when that happens. <laughs> but anyways, speaking of world domination, we'd like to welcome <laughs> our guest today. Please welcome on the show MBA's Xing Meng. Jing, you have hey. an unbelievable, unbelievable rap sheet here. Let me let me go over this for the for the studio audience here. At three, so you were born in China. Yep. Three and a half years old, you moved to the U.S. Six years old, moved back to China. Right. 14 years old, back to the U.S. 21 years old, back to China, Hong Kong to work at J.P. Morgan. 24 years old, back to the U.S. Going to business school. You have a ping pong life, my friend.
1: Yeah, that's. It's a story about life, and probably keep on, keeping on the ping pong ball going. I'll probably be going back to China afterwards <laughs> as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, so is that is that the definitive thing? What are you doing for the summer? Are you going to China?
1: So now, for now, I think I uh, I signed up for two summer internships. The first leg will be in Las Vegas, actually, and uh, I'll be working for Caesar's Entertainment. Um, part of that will be helping uh, them to actually uh, develop a online platform in China. The second half will be actually in China, working for Tencent, which is a uh, Largest Chinese uh, internet company.
0: So you're splitting the difference. You're not. You're not picking one. You have one foot in the U. S. One foot yeah. in China. Yeah.
1: I can't. It's hard to pick one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean, so and you, you. have a green card, right? Yes. And Chinese citizenship. Yes.
1: So the world
0: is completely open to you. You could, let's say, after graduate, you could work at the, you know, greatest power in the world, or one of the fastest growing economies in the world. I hope you're to gonna, be. You're gonna have to pick what's what you know what how do you think about this choice
1: right so i think for chinese student for for myself um you know i want to work in a technology firm and uh you know for in china it's easy if you're looking at career in china it's easier to get the position you want and probably the firm you want as well um especially from an mba degree they still value that a lot in u.s if you it's very specific they'll probably value your mba degree just because that you you know you have some finance background, you're probably going to be in a finance role if you have never had an engineering degree or operations background. Interesting. So if you don't have that background and you want to go to China, then the
0: MBA is enough to get you to get you in the door at yes, Chinese yes. companies. Is that true for American yeah. citizens as well going to China?
1: I don't know about that. I think for American citizens, the role,
0: <laughs> that <laughs> sounds that sounds <laughs> like a no,
1: a very polite no. <laughs> I mean. The roles that they're considering for US citizens now are especially if you're not Chinese speaking, it's very specific. It's either very high senior management roles, you're overseeing the management, they trust you in your capability of managing a a, a functional okay. group or um, you know, it's it's not about how you can be productive in terms of crunching down numbers or doing those uh, so particular you, stuff. So you're saying
0: if you want to get a if you want to get a tech job if you go to China, you kind of have more selection on the position that you're in. What if you want to go into some of the other popular careers that MBAs do today, such as finance?
1: Yeah. So U.S. Fi- or China? I would say, you know, it's it's it will be easier to go to China for a Chinese uh, student background uh, because, you know, basically you're competing with only the Chinese peers that are studying in the U.S. Everybody is recruiting uh, from the U.S. into the China, the investment banking, the, the funds. Uh, in the U.S., you're competing with a much larger group, competing with all the U.S. classmates as well as people from other places that are trying to get into the U.S. So uh, it will be difficult as an entry point. In the long term, probably in China, uh, you don't feel your road is going straight up. You can do, keep doing executions and become a successful managing director. In the U.S., at some point, maybe between the executive director and managing director, there, I would presume there's a glass ceiling uh, for, for, really? for Asians. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, that speaks of you know, in like in you know,
0: in finance in the U.S. If you want to sell your soul, but what if you want to contribute something <laughs> and be and be an entrepreneur, like really contribute to the world rather than just sucking the blood out of other people's money? Right. Why would I'm you I'm looking want to at you, Tom. <laughs>
1: yeah, why would you want to do that? <laughs>
0: Which one, finance or entrepreneurship? <laughs> I think so, finance is obvious. Yeah.
1: Um sort of entrepreneur, I think in China these days, the fund is, is just there's money is flooded in in, in China. There's so many funds. Yeah. from foreign VCs, domestic VCs, there's a lot of governmental funds. Yeah. It's very easy to raise raise money. So if you have a good idea uh, and you have some connections, even just a little bit, you know someone remotely, will you'll you'll get started pretty fast. In US it's a very mature system. The VC industry actually shrinking, has been shrinking for years. Um, it's not that simple. But, you know, and from, from a technology perspective, probably it's easier to push it uh, out in the long run. Again, there's a long run, short run difference. Yeah, in okay. China, it's easier to get it started fast, but you're probably consumed by somebody as very big, yeah. or just, you know, not, not a very mature market. Okay. Uh,
0: and what about that other super popular career path, consulting?
1: Yes, consulting. Everybody, and Ch- so in China, there's Chinese consulting firms that nobody was actually want. So if you're uh, a <laughs> if you're an MBA and you got your MBA degree in the US and you went back to China, join a Chinese consulting firm. I think you failed. You you you, oh, you didn't man. get much. You, did, you didn't get what your money is worth. What so about
0: I- an American firm in China?
1: Yes. So that that is the popular career, but there's only a handful of them, and people are actually want to squeeze going to those. So if you came from a Non-consulting career, a lot of people actually, it is their first career choice to so go go to China and join the Bains, McKinsey's, and BCG's. Mm-hmm. So but,
0: to summarize, it sounds like for finance, you're saying if you want a finance career, go to China. If you want to do two years in finance, either is fine. For consulting, you want a US-based firm, yeah. but it's okay to be in China. If you're a corporate, it sounds like personal preference because it's just different. Yeah. And if you want to do entrepreneurship, easier to get started in China, but long-term success is sure. a little bit tougher. And let's say you're a U.S. citizen who wants to go to China at at all costs. It's where the money is. It's where the growth is. What's your entry point?
1: I think you will. I think if you come from a managing background and uh, and you went to your MBA, so you have managed some group of, or division within a big, say, GE before. I think you are credible in terms of transferring that skill into China and manage one division or helping them to develop a new division in China. Probably the best entry point is for an international firm, not for a domestic firm, because they value that part of your 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 uh, your, your knowledge. And so you, it sounds like you had
0: some experience with Americans going to work in China uh, for Chinese companies. Yes. What are some of the surprising cultural things that you find if you if you're an make American going over
1: Yes. Uh, so. Uh, you know, from my job previously, I guess, you know, they're JP Morgan, the top senior level, probably, you know, four out of 10 MDs are American or they send for their work in the U.S., built some career and came here. I, what I found in them is that, you know, they well, what I found from what they found is they're surprised as to how much respect. They, they gathered when they're in a business situation mm-hmm. actually more probably than their title carries or more than their knowledge entails what did you see like how would that play out for example if you ha- go into a meeting and you know the CEOs and we're say a pricing discussion which is the probably most important discussion for a company going IPO it's the yep. last day before going IPO um, you know the CEO will you know, pst, you know punch down the uh, investment bankers saying we want this price and you know we want this to be done, we can't go out, get lower than you know ten dollars a share. When the foreigners come in and speak, everybody will quiet down. There's all the argument will stop, and they will everybody will listen, and listen actually with full attention. So they actually you know are hearing what you're saying. But what, also what I find surprising, what the foreigners are finding surprised is that even though they're receiving that respect, how much of that really carried into effect. So after mm-hmm. this, this person speaks and he left the room, everybody will resume yep. to what it is before. <laughs> And uh, so you, you felt like you knew this, and
0: they're like, oh, that's very, very interesting. OK, back to what we were talking <laughs> about. <laughs> sure. Um, what about socially for like Americans in China? Like any, any social mores that you've seen, or
1: things that surprised people socially when they were there? I think there's one interesting point. Um, so over this spring break, we yep. went to the China Lab, which is a collaboration program between Sloan and, and one of the university in China. And we, as a team, we worked together. So two from Sloan, two from this Chinese university, all MBAs, working for a startup. So. He, seemed, he found that the senior manager of this startup actually cared about your personal life and not just on a superficial <laughs> yeah, level, but yeah. really down to the core. So one of the questions they asked was on the second day that we met her is that, uh, are you single? And are you looking? <laughs> and uh, are you active looking? So and there's a girl that, you know, work with us from the bank and she's coming around every two So this weeks. is more than just polite conversation. Uh, definitely. I mean, you can take it either way. So, right? um, and, and so we thought it was, a you know, just just... Just uh, you know, icebreaker yep. sort of thing. Two weeks later, she actually introduced this girl to one of the colleagues. And so, you know, <laughs> you have half an hour? And she, so what is even more awkward is she actually put this guy in the room and she left. So they were stuck in the room for half an hour and don't know what to do. And so uh, the perks
0: of your job include access to the executive washroom, the company car, and my son? <laughs> that, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the things we do on the show is we have a jargon. Let's move on to our jargon segment. So you sent over this jargon, mong-shing, which... Are you really just giving your name as our jargon this week? Like, that's the one thing people should know about
1: China? Is your name? I'm so lame. Uh, This (laughs) is what I do. Yeah, so in China, actually, I think in a lot of Asian cultures, I can't confirm which one, I don't know that much, but in China at least, the last name, the people pronounce the last name first and the first name last, so it's in the reverse of Western cultures. Mm. So if you're called to call somebody's uh, full name, you actually go with, so my name is, my first name is Xing, uh, you actually go with Meng (laughs) Xing. This is the way that you call. So if you receive the email that you know you don't know, you're trying to figure out which one is the last name. Keep this in mind. I think this is a good trick.
0: So I get an email from you. It would say, a formal email from you would say Meng Shing. But then if I write back with just your first name, you use the second, whatever name is listed second is your ad- exactly. the name you would be addressed yes. with. I have a couple of emails that I need to, I have actually gotten this wrong. Oh really? That would explain why it's, okay, yeah, Yeah. that that explains a lot. Alright, let's do our business school tip of the week. So what is your one tip that you'd like
1: to give to MBAs? Yeah, so I think Max 5, you know, the way I look at this is everybody when they're entering the MBA school, everybody is uh, looking at so many opportunities, so many options that you want to engage in those, does it include clubs? Active, uh, you know, intern in school internships, competitions, different classes, everything else. So, you know, what you want to do is actually limit down your, uh, your your amount of activity that you want to get and prioritize. So, the most amount you want is five. So, break it down for us. What so, is there a way to break those five down to think about it? I think an ideal way is maybe two clubs, two competitions, and one activity that could be an internship. One other. One other plus one, okay. whatever it is. I failed doing that by, you know, I wake up every morning, get a lot of angry emails from different <laughs> people, and uh, it wasn't pleasant, yeah. A good rule, a good way to limit yourself. Uh, Ximung, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. What, uh, what's on your radar for this weekend? I uh, haven't thought about it yet, <laughs> actually. Oh, actually, I'm going skydiving uh, on this <laughs> Sunday. You haven't I thought can, about you it. You can literally <laughs> see me thrown out of a plane. Miro, what's on your radar? Uh,
0: my radar this weekend, I am moving, so uh, I'm prepping for my move. Oh, wow. Yeah, and yeah. And I'm going to spend pretty much the whole weekend on the phone with my mom because it's Mother's Day. So oh, for those of you out right. there watching the show, if you haven't, you know, taken care of that yet. Chop, chop. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. <laughs> Remember to subscribe to us. Our newsletter at TheNBAShow.com. We'll be producing some special Chinese language content uh, this week. Uh, for The NBA Show, I'm Miro Kaz. I'm the real Tom Rose. Xingmong. Meng. And you've and been, been watching, watching the, the NBA Show. show.